This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive pre-emergent herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we talk with today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest, a farmer from Spring Valley, southwest of Regina. We chat with Terry Lang at the Weather Office to hear about seeding weather over the next week or so. APAS launches its application process for its mentorship program. Real Agriculture talks about the Census of Agriculture details. FCC launches its Beef Sustainability Support Program. And we hear from a farmer at Davidson, midway between Regina and Saskatoon, about seeding progress. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Brought to you also by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. A farmer from Spring Valley is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Les Schick has about 1,500 acres in a mixed farming operation about 110 kilometers southwest of Regina. He says seeding is about 50% complete. Oh, we're probably half done here, Jim. Just looking to get some derm in, and it's quite wet, which is a good problem. When do you hope to wrap up? Uh, It'll be the end of the month, Jim. If things go well, the rest will be cattle feed, so not a big rush on that, but hopefully by the end of the month we're done. Contrast this year's soil moisture to last year. It's a lot better, yes. It's, uh, we've had about four and a half inches of rain here this spring, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a big step compared to last year forward. You said it's a mixed farm. How's the pastures look? Well, they're really coming on now, of course, and they needed it because you know, we, we were dry last year like a lot of areas, so it's, it's just what the doctor ordered for those for sure. What are you putting in this year? Uh, we're putting in red lentils, durum wheat, barley, and then some mixed feed for cattle, millet, and some mixed grains. What seems to work best as cattle feed? Well, we like the we like the barley oats mix quite a bit, as well as uh, swath grazing millet. So works good for us. What are your thoughts on prices uh, this year? Well, they're excellent, and uh, everyone's hoping that they hold, Jim, because as you would know. The input prices this year have really taken off, so everyone's hoping that those prices stay there. Any trouble with getting supplies this spring for seeding? I haven't come across a whole lot. I know, I, you know, you hear neighbors waiting for this and that for two, three weeks or even more, but so far, touch wood, we've been uh, fortunate here. We haven't really come across that. Les Schick is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. He farms near Spring Valley, about 110 kilometers southwest of Regina. Environment Canada is forecasting good seeding weather for most of southern Saskatchewan this week. Meteorologist Terry Lang says temperatures should be above normal. Well, for the most part across southern Saskatchewan, it's pretty dry. There are chances of showers and thunder showers sort of here and there, but they're going to be pretty hit and miss. You know, we had chances yesterday across the northern grain belt, but what mostly happened was it evaporated by the time it got to the ground. So that's kind of what we're looking at for the week. Uh, temperatures in the mid-20s, so that's sort of above 30-year averages for temperature-wise. And humidity is quite dry as well, so sort of gave that 
tip that, you know, be careful with uh, fires and that type of thing, just because we're, it is going to be in that dry category. So um, if anything were to, you know, if fires were to start, they would take off pretty quickly. Thankfully, not uh, really strong winds this week either. Sounds like good seating weather this week, Terry. What about next week? How's it look? Well, we do have a weather system coming through. It looks like it's coming through on the weekend, bringing a better chance uh, of precipitation across the south on the weekend. So just sort of something for folks to, to keep in mind. And then early next week, it looks like there's a weather system coming up from the states that uh, may clip, especially that, you know, the southern quarter portion of the province may get some rain out of that. But hopefully there's a, there's a window for folks to get their, their uh, seeds in. So it sounds like it's going to be a bit mixed uh, next week. How do you describe the moisture so far this spring, especially, say, during the month of May? Well, it's it's been cooler than average, that I know. Uh, but almost everybody received some kind of rain. So, But, of course, that southeast corner was the one that, you know, got a lot uh, of rain. And through those east-central sections as well, they've, they've got a, a lot of rain, plus they got a lot of snow. Uh, unfortunately. So, you know, it's been kind of a a mixed bag, but at least everybody's kind of picked up a little bit on the precipitation-wise. So there's that. I've heard, though, the southwest, uh, the western part of the grain belt is a bit dry. Yeah, and that's sort of what what we're hearing, you know, back from farmers and, you know, on uh, our ag calls and that type of thing, that they're they're still wanting more precipitation over that the southwest. And so far, nothing too organized on the horizon for them. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eaves Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. APAS is accepting new applicants for its Youth Leadership and Mentorship Program. President Ian Boxall says the year-long program is designed to train the farm leaders of tomorrow. He says the deadline for applications is July 31st. Applicants apply to go through a, a youth mentorship program through APAS where we will you know, guide them through policy development from the grassroots level all the way up to the federal level at the, you know, at the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. And yeah, it's been a great program for APAS. A lot of people have gone through it, myself included, was one of the first groups to go through it. And it's brought a lot of young people into the organization and also just, you know, a little bit of a different perspective you get from having those people in the room. Yeah. Why do this? I think for the, for the sake of the industry, I think policy development in agriculture is important. And if there isn't, if we aren't developing young people to take over and continue the work that's done, then it'll just die by the wayside. So I think it's important that we show the young people what's involved in policy development and also pique their interest in it and and show them how important it is to the sector. How long is the mentorship program? It'll run from now until, you know, applications will come in. It'll start here sometime this late summer, early fall, and run until this time next year. So it's a 12-month program. They will attend some district meetings within their area, some policy meetings within APAS, attend our AGM and see how policies developed at, at the provincial level, and also then attend the Canadian Federation of Agriculture AGM in Ottawa in February to see how policies developed at the national level as well. How many are involved? How many are accepted? Five every year. We have done more than that in some years, but we found the number to manage and to have those the really 
constructive dialogue, five works great with Ford. And Farm Credit Canada is a sponsor for the program. Your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Statistics Canada has released results from the 2021 Census of Agriculture and joining us here on Real Agriculture to discuss the numbers and some of the, the findings, also some of the process behind the census. We are pleased to welcome Aaron Kumar. Aaron is the chief responsible for the Census of Agriculture at Statistics Canada. And thanks for taking the time to join us today, Aaron. Not a problem, Calvin. It's my pleasure. So we have this uh, demographic, this farmer and, and farm demographic information, kind of the, the first large batch of data from uh, the census was made public recently. And I know there are many angles we could uh, discuss when it comes to trends that we're seeing in, in farmer dev- demographics. But we also wanted to focus on some of the, the process stuff behind the numbers. And one of the big changes this year, Aaron, was a, a change in the definition of uh, a farm. Can you explain uh, what uh, what change was made here? Sure. So in 2016, a farm would have been any operation that had an intent to sell an agricultural product. In 2021, the definition is now uh, any operation that is reporting revenues or expenses uh, to this Canadian Revenue Agency for those agricultural products. Uh, so Really what this definition has done is focuses more on the economic side of uh, the industry. It's removing some of the ambiguity in the interpretation of a farm that we may have previously had. Um, And again, it's being applied more uniformly across the country. So previously, for example, farms in the territories could have reported uh, more unique operations uh, types uh, that aren't necessarily... um, uh, across the country. So uh, now the definition is more uniform. So do you think this change had any bearing on the results and some of the the trends, some of the comparisons when we compare 2016 numbers versus 2021 numbers? So because of the new definition, we are asking our users to take caution when they are comparing 2021 data with prior uh, reference years. Um, We don't think that that's because that there are any major changes, uh, but there are certain cases where uh, a farm might be in a different farm type classification uh, simply because of the way the definition has landed. Okay. Not that you're uh, using this as a, a reason for interpreting some of the other numbers, say the, the total farm number or, or something like that. No. No. That's what I was, I was wondering whether the, whether this definition would be harder to, to meet uh, the, de- the criteria of being a farm than, than the previous definition, and, and you're saying you don't think that it has really changed that in that sense? No, I think uh, some of the concern that we've heard you know, with respect to something like a hobby farm, but again, those are included insofar as if you are reporting to the Canadian Revenue Agency um, you know, a revenue or an expense related to that operation, um, we will be catching it and counting it as a farm. Aaron, when it comes to the, the census of agriculture, every time it's, it's census season, we, of course, hear the, the emphasis on the importance of, of filling out the forms or, or the, the survey online. Can you walk us through how these census numbers get used now that they are public and, and now that they have been compiled by your department? Uh, certainly, but I will take an opportunity uh, to thank everyone for filling out those questionnaires. Uh, we cannot do what we do without the support of the farmers and the completion of those questionnaires. Uh, I think in terms of 
you know, the utility of the census and, and why it's important um, is really because it is the only source of data down to a very low level of geography that covers great number of variables with respect to the agricultural industry here in Canada. Uh, and those data points can be used by the farmers themselves, by uh, decision makers at all levels, um, you know, including policy, to really inform and make the best decisions possible for you know, their direct operation or for the industry as a whole. So that's all types of policy. That's everything from our local municipal government making decisions based on agricultural data from the, the census to climate policy that the federal government's working on. But yes, these data are accessible to the you know, lower levels of, of government, uh, the municipality level, as you mentioned, uh, through to the federal government who are working on multiple um, areas of policy. And so, yes, these data can be used, uh, and I would encourage people to use them uh, because they are available. And again, that low level of geography is what really makes them useful for all of those different uh, decision-making levels. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group three herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions. From Gowan, Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind southeast 30 gusting to 50, and a high forecast of 23, the low 10. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 30%, chance of showers in the afternoon with risk of a thunderstorm, wind southwest 30 gusting to 50, and the high tomorrow, 24, the low 9. Thursday, sunny, a high of 24 again, and a low of 11. Friday, cloudy, 40%, chance of showers with a high 22, the low 9. Saturday, sunny with a high of 20, the low 9. Sunday, cloudy, 60%. Chance of showers, the high 18, the low 7. Monday, partly cloudy with a high forecast of 16 degrees. Normal high for this date is 21. The normal low is 6. The sun rose at 5 o'clock this morning. It sets at 8.51 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Outlook at 24 degrees. The cold spot up north Collins Bay at 4 degrees. Around the province, Estevan is 19, Saskatoon, Swift Current, and Weyburn, all 21. Yorkton is 22. Regina, sunny and 21, that's 70 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 5. Humidity is 18%. Barometric pressure dropping 101.6. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 22. Winds are from the south, southeast at 18. Once again, Regina, sunny and 21, that's 70 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Regina-based Farm Credit Canada is offering up to $2,000 to cattle customers who are certified for sustainability production. The Director of Sustainability Programs at FCC, Curtis Granger, says the standards revolve around five principles, including natural resources, 
people in community, animal health, food and nutrition. So FCC is excited to join the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef to really acknowledge producers for getting their CRSB sustainable certification. So how it works is for producers who are already certified through the CRSB and the corresponding verifying bodies is is once they're certified, they're actually and and they are an FCC customer. They're they're eligible to um, apply for the incentive payment from FCC, and it's calculated based on the amount the producer has total owing with with Farm Credit Canada. So we do a lot of the back end work, and the payment can be up to two thousand dollars, kind of depending on the producer. Are the standards tough? Like, how does a producer qualify for this? Yeah, so that is done through the CRSB's certifying body, so verified beef and folks like that. And uh, usually it takes a producer about six to nine months to get certified. So kind of in this first round, we really are capturing the producers who are already certified and are an FCC customer. But the program, you know, we intend it to be be around for, for quite some time. So, you know, it does give producers the opportunity to work with the CRSB to get certified, and then once they do that and they're an FCC customer, they would uh, be eligible for the incentive payment. Why do this? We're excited to really partner with industry-led initiatives that really have a well-established process for producers. And the CRSB, you know, they've been around for about eight years, I believe, with the certification program. And FCC is just excited to support producers in this journey and create a sustainability incentive program for them. And we'll we'll look for opportunities in, in other industry-led initiatives as well. But this is really kind of our, our first step in the area. So to qualify, though, you have to be a customer with FCC? Yes, that's correct. And now someone is already certified, they just have to apply and get the funds? Yeah, essentially we, we have kind of an online portal there and it takes about 10 minutes for a producer to, to fill out. And then once kind of our, our first window closes here, which is uh, the end of August, then we'll kind of work to get all the incentive payments out to producers. Can you give me an outline what the sustainability standards are? What, what does a producer have to do to qualify? Yeah, so they need to work with the CRSB through the CRSB. CRSB certifying bodies for that and I believe they have five different principles there but it touches on things like the environment, animal care, people and a number of other factors and CRSB works with the producer and the verifying bodies and essentially someone comes out to the operation and and does a a bit of a review for the producer and that's kind of the process and it's you know there is a a bit of a I guess process to that that can take up to six to nine months to get fully certified for the producer. Any idea how many producers qualify in western Canada or in Saskatchewan? Well, across Canada, there would be about 1,300 producers who are currently certified. It's, we don't know for sure how many of those are FCC customers, but you know, the CRSB really does want to grow the certification program because there's demand from the industry and you know, restaurants and the like to, to kind of have that stamp on, on their product. And we're working a partnership with the CRSB to, to get more producers certified, and it, it, was a, it was a really logical partnership to get started, and we're super excited about it. Sounds like part of a promotion for Canadian beef as raised sustainably and environmentally friendly kind of thing. Yeah, and and to be clear too, you know, we know our producers are, they're doing the right stuff. And, and really this is just a process to, um, you know, kind of create a verification around that to really communicate to the consumers out there what our, what our beef producers are already up to. And yeah, it just kind of gives it that bit of verification that's required for, for the end customer. So, Curtis, what are the verifying bodies that are available for producers to contact? So, the CRSB, they work with uh, three different parties for for certification. So, there's Verified Beef Production Plus, 
there's where where food comes from incorporated and then there's also the Ontario corn fed beef quality assurance program so that's those are the bodies available for producers to work through in in partnership with the CRSB Curtis Granger is the director of sustainability programs at Regina based Farm Credit Canada a segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. An ideal day for many for seeding in most areas of the province, particularly for those in eastern areas of Saskatchewan and into Manitoba that have been wetter than normal over the last several weeks. Rob Stone is a director with the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Rob farms in the Davidson area, halfway between Saskatoon and Regina. We're seeding canola right now, and over halfway through getting the canola in the ground and then just a couple of quarters of wheat to finish up. So getting along real well. It doesn't seem like we've been at it that long, but we started April 30th and uh, had a couple of delays, uh, very welcome delays for some moisture and those sorts of things. So I think there's a lot of people that would be similar to that in the Davidson area as well, you know, kind of licking their lips at the end or getting on the good side of half at least. And Stone describes the seeding conditions. Yeah, I, I want to temper my comments a little bit, but, uh, you know, we've had some bad conditions over the years, but I don't think I've seeded into conditions quite as choice as these for a number of years now. It was pretty dry early on. We had moisture underneath, but we were going fairly deep. And we've had some uh, precipitation and the, the soil's mellow and topsoil's conditions are good for uh, placing small seeds and lot much uh, risk of crusting. So it's pleasing because I, I can't remember the last time I've seen it look quite like that. So and I know a lot of areas would probably not uh, share that sentiment, but that's certainly what's happening here. Stone says the conditions extend east and west. Well, I'm assuming uh, just from talking back and forth on some of the social medias and whatnot with people that are connected. I mean, as far as probably when you get east of two or a little bit further east than that, maybe across the lake, there'll be pockets and areas where people are uh, experiencing uh, quite a bit of difficulty from some storms and things that came through that dropped just a bit too much precipitation in those couple of systems we had come through, late snow melt and all that sort of stuff. So it's not that far east, probably an hour or so east of us, where I think excess is uh, rules the theme right now, and, and then probably further west of us, it wouldn't have to be too far west of Outlook, I wouldn't think, and it sounds like uh, they are spitting sparks a little bit and, and looking for this weekend to verify. Stone is active on social media and says Manitoba farmers are facing some severe water problems. He farms in the Davidson area at the halfway point between Saskatoon and Regina. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of May 24th. Our last regular sale was on May 11th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.97 cents to $1.12. D3 cows sold from $0.85 cents to $0.96. Cents. Canner cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.65. Cents. Hefferettes sold from $1.30 to $1.50. And Good Butcher Bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.38 with the odd sale up to $1.44. We had a few heifers at this sale. 600 to 650-pound heifers averaged $1.90 and sold up to $1.94. 
650 to 700 pound heifers averaged $1.89 and sold it to $1.92. 700 to 800 pound heifers averaged $1.79 and sold it to $1.83. 800 to 900 pound heifers averaged $1.77 and sold up to $1.80. We had a handful of steers at that sale. They weighed between 7 and 800 pounds and they sold for $2.12. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, this is both Moose Jaw and Brandon Plants. The latest quote for today is $230.81 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. Port brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco land rollers and tillage equipment. The Mennonite Disaster Service has released final details on its Hay West program. The program provided surplus hay from Ontario to drought-stricken producers last fall in western Canada and during the winter. The Mennonite Disaster Service says 56 producers in Saskatchewan received hay support. Ike Epp of the Disaster Service Saskatchewan unit says it's great that producers in Ontario were willing to help out west. In 2012, he says hay went the other direction when farmers in Saskatchewan sent hay east to farmers in Ontario facing drought. Epp says the problem was bigger than the Disaster Service could address, but those who received hay appreciated the effort. Epp also acknowledged the support of Hutton Transport, which trucked most of the hay to Saskatchewan while charging less than the usual rates. Cost of the project was $345,000. A total of $86,000 was donated by supporters, while farmers in Saskatchewan paid a total of $158,000 towards trucking costs. The remaining $100,000 is being provided by Mennonite Disaster Service Canada from its reserves. On the markets, the TSX is up 76 points to 20273 the Dow has fallen 305 points to 31,574. Oil has dropped 89 cents to 109.40 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 46 one-hundredths of a cent at 77.85 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.